You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. That's right. This is the show in which we're using color films made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. And what we're going to do is we're going to climb through these windows. We're going to kind of rifle around through all the stuff that we see on the other side. And we're going to explore the world as it was during this pivotal era following the Second World War. And while we do this, guys... Pay attention. Not you. You're fine. You're good. You're here. While we do this, we're going to be asking some critical questions, right? We're going to be asking things such as, hey, hey, who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making? And why are they making them? And also, last but certainly not least, what are they wearing? And what do their living rooms look like? Critical questions to be asked. And then at the end of the show, we will ask the final critical question, the essential question on behalf of all of society, which is, hey, this movie we just watched, and we keep watching this, we're going to keep spreading this around to the next generation, or do we just kind of let it, just let it sit there, let it sit and decompose in peace, and maybe we just have fond memories of one or two things out of it. We will find out. Me, by the way, would be your host through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my international panel of experts. And I might add, the smartest people I know. They're here. I will introduce them to you. Well, they're all, all here except for one. I will introduce you to the ones who are here. Starting on my left, Catherine Sherlock. Welcome back to the program. Hello. Lovely to see you again. Thank you. Sitting, nice to be here. Oh, Catherine, that brings such warmth to my heart to hear that from you. Also bringing warmth to my heart, sitting to your left, Shrishma Naik. Welcome, Shrishma. Hey, guys. I have to go back to the dig site. Yeah. But I thought I'll just check in on you guys. I'm glad. We're going to get to you in a second. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) But did you... uh, Yeah, so last week you were out out at the site. Did you get the thing with the backhoe sorted? Was there just some issues with the... we're trying to open a second dig site now. Yeah, okay, okay. That's how fast this thing is growing. That makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Guys, we are in a rapid one-a-week... (laughs) <laughs> pace right now and we are going to fill this stuff up with so much refuse from the past you're not going to believe it right? but you'll certainly pay to get in there guys it's not a charity all right you all have to pay uh, an admission fee to go see the stuff at the boom room just putting that out there shrishma sitting to your left across the pond but currently on a very large monitor my sister and yours carolyn now rose hi sis Hi. Oh, we'll get oh, you got a round of applause there hello oh, hey. hey wow um <laughs> And then, of course, we are typically joined by uh, Brindis. She is currently, you guys would not believe the amount of issues that we've had trying to put together this goddamn museum. But there's some kind of labor issue, right? It's something to do with workers. We're not sure which ones because maybe there's no documentation to say which ones they are. The lack of documents is something of an issue. We have to pull some strings. She's the one who does that. We call her the accountant. Mm-hmm. We also call her the trust buster. 
We also call her <laughs> the Atomic Lady. I, I don't know. I feel you're just making these up right but now. But I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll stop this right now. I think she'd love it. Um, the Atomic Lady, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Shrispa Nike. Yes. You did not do your homework. I did not do my homework. <laughs> Tell ladies, us all about ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> so what had happened was I uh, got <laughs> I blame my job. Yeah, yeah. But also mm-hmm. I blame uh, I forgot until like 4:30 this afternoon. <laughs> 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 and then I was like uh, I can't do this. I'm just going to go um show Justin my puppy dog face and he'll forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did and I have. This is this happens. We're all busy here. Right. I get but it. I'm but I'm also the dig site. And also the, you had, there was the issue with the digger. I know, I know. Right, right. And also folks at home, this is further incentive for you guys because you love to hear what Shrishi Boo has to say right. about all this stuff. And if we can get her out of this job through through your support, your financial support, heck, all of us would like to leave our jobs Absolutely. and just do this. We'll give you so many programs if you pay us enough money. Don't worry about it. We'll pay, watch. Whoa, and, pay, whoa, yeah, that's pay, right. Whoa. Build that wall. Build that wall. <laughs> All right, so Shrisma, what we're going to do, you're going to hang in for a little bit at the very least, yes. right? Just for I'm just going to see, maybe see I'll give my one-line review based on your... your old uh, I like this kind of like reverse engineering, because right. what we're right. going to end up doing is basically telling you the story of this today's film, right? Bachelor in Paradise, from 1961, starring the highly unappealing Bob Hope. <laughs> uh, speaking of one-line reviews... Catherine, can you kick us off? Do you have a one-line review for Bachelor in Paradise? I do. Okay. My one-line review is, there is no hope. (laughs) (laughs) But Catherine, there were clearly an hour and 40 minutes of hope. Bob Hope. Yeah. And all of them were painful. Yeah. I know. Carolyn, what do you got? I'm going to steal a line from the film itself. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to say that Bachelor in Paradise, early Disneyland. Yes. What does that even mean? <laughs> we're we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But I loved that line and it was so spot on because I'm pretty sure that some of these homes were decorated with with set pieces from It's a Small World. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're going to come back to this. I've got questions. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was thinking more, you know, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or something like that. But that makes sense. The small world. I get it. That makes sense. Mm. I mean, and think about um, Tomorrowland in its inception, like Mm -hmm. early Disneyland. When did Disneyland open? 50, mid 50s. Right. Six, seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. I mean, their concept of the future was. Yeah. The retro futurism was pretty, pretty heavy. (laughs) Uh, right. I don't know how it applies to this to Rosemary's house, but again, we'll we'll get to it. Of course, I've got. I've, I'll point out some of the pieces. Oh, that I'm like, okay, okay. You definitely decorated from. It's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my one line review for this film is that uh, men are pretty insecure, and women, no matter the decade, deserve better. End of. Yes. Shrishma, do you do you know what this film is about now? It's called Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a guy that y'all really don't like. Uh, <laughs> Bob Hope, yeah. Um, so he's basically doing some dumb shit. 
uh, truth. And uh, getting away with it, clearly, in 1961. Yeah. So this movie opens with a, an animated opening. And I have to tell you guys that I never in my life thought I would or wanted to see Bob Hope drawn as a cherub with his little naked bottom hanging out for the world to see. Harry bottom. Um, it's, you think it's Harry? It's a little... I mean, it's sketchy, right? It's uh, <laughs> Take a look yeah. at his... Look at his little cherub bottom. Look at it, Shrishma. You didn't watch this. You're going <laughs> to... Look at it now. Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, and then this is... Who is this? Lana Turner? Is that the... Uh, Again, folks, this is not a movie podcast. We're talking, we're, tra- we're traveling through time here. Mm. So we don't know very much about the movies themselves. It's Lana Turner though, right, sis? I yeah, believe so. I so. But yeah. now I feel like I need to look it up to oh, confirm. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Whoever she is, she's the best in the business. Mm. Unforgettable. And we get the lyrics to the opening theme song, Bachelor in Paradise, which is basically just about, you know, you women, all you're doing is just waiting for the right man. That's all you're doing. That's your only function is to sit and wait there until the right man crosses your path. And Correct, make- Lana Turner. Very good. Well, which we knew the entire time, of course. Lana, you know, a great, great job. Uh, she's probably long past, but if you're listening on a different dimension, <laughs> well done. Uh, very memorable. Yeah, so the whole opening sequence is animated. It is disturbing. And we go to the south of France where we meet... Our hero, quote unquote, whose name is Adam Niles, right? AJ Niles. And he is making notes because he is an author of books, specifically a sort of uh, pop culture, anthropological books where it's like how the Italians live, how the Romanians live. And then presumably he is getting into how these people live, uh, one would hope. But currently he's working on how the French live in the south of France. And this research involves making out with a lady on some lounger on a patio in this massive uh, manor home, this chateau, this exquisite carved marble holiday place with bottles of champagne and such. And this poor woman is uh, kissing this man, Bob Hope, Adam. And he is talking into a dictaphone the entire time, recording his thoughts and feelings about how the French, you know, romance one another. You know, what is it like? What is what is their essence? Do you guys have any thoughts on this at this point? I do. Mm. Um, I, as a social scientist, um, I find that this anthropological research is as always a little bit flawed um, in the fact that he's just putting it through a white male American lens, how the French live or how anyone's living. Uh, Therefore I haven't, you know, I I can gather by the other people reading his works that there's something very salacious about what he's writing. Definitely a chapter on sexy time. And how they they do it, right? How they would go about, right. Which is problematic because it's othering other cultures um, and saying that his perception of it is somehow correct or better. Well, well isn't Merck a, 
better at everything. Well, USA number one, of course. Yeah, I mean, that should just go without question. Mm -hmm. I think we all, everybody at this table and around the globe knows that USA number one. Um, but yeah, of course, all, all <laughs> any media coming out of there is going to be coming through that lens for sure. It's a very heavy lens. And it's very, it's very of the time. I mean, so this is the, this whole scene is also, I, who wants to make out with him? Yeah, he's yeah. not attractive. Yeah, uh, oh, Shushma, you wouldn't? You wouldn't? No. Oh, okay. And the outfit, like. Describe what he's wearing. Okay. <laughs> High waisted old man this pants. White. They're white. He's wearing white trousers, mm -hmm. white socks, and yeah. white shoes. Yeah. He looks like an old man. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a cravat. He's got a cravat on. But consider that his position, let's let's be a little self-aware, guys. Are we not also doing anthropological studies with our very podcast? This man would be a podcaster nowadays. Yes. He's true. white. He loves the sound of his own voice. That's he's true. a man. This guy would be top of the charts. He'd be up there with Rogan, probably. It would be Rogan, Niles, Marin. Those would be your podfathers. Podfathers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, is interrupted in his smooching uh, by another lady wearing uh, an all green bodysuit of, of sorts or dress or something like that. It is pretty skin tight. It is leaving little to the imagination. Well done. And uh, so he gets a phone call from his publisher, right? It's, it's, I couldn't mm -hmm. determine, publisher or agent? Got to be publisher, right? Mm -hmm. Whose name is Austin, who is like, hey, Bob Hope, Adam, I need you to come home right now. Stop what you're doing. Stop kissing that beautiful French woman. And we need you on a plane to Washington, D.C., United States of America, like yesterday. You got to get over here. And so... He does that, and we, as he does that, we get uh, an establishing shot of the mall. Not that different. It's not too terribly. There's more. Uh, there are more new museums over here, but the uh, castle is still here, and this is mm -hmm. still there. And you know, that's it's it's rather similar. But he goes to DC, and it turns out that he owes quite a lot of money because his business manager has. Taken it and hidden it somewhere, right? Isn't that yeah, the, is not, that the not idea? Been he's embezzled filing his taxes, and yes. Ah, uh, okay. So he owes six hundred twenty-eight thousand four hundred seventy dollars. And my only question at this point is, looking at this office of what I would assume is the Internal Revenue Service. That's everybody, we've just started the program. Shrishma Naik is bowing out. Thank you, Shrishma. Nice of you to stop by. Thank you for listening to the beginning. You're going to find out all about it when this is published. <laughs> And then you'll know what we're talking about. But we'll see you next time, right? Yes. Yeah. With the homework done. Homework done. Yes. Okay. Or not. I mean, this is kind of fun, too. We can just tell you the story. <laughs> if that makes your life easier. <laughs> we could try like this where I do it dry. <laughs> can we just breeze in and out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> Take care. Be good. Bye. Be safe. Make great decisions. <laughs> In looking at this office, my main question is, guys, mm. it's 1961. Where are the ashtrays? I refuse to believe this room filled with four doughy middle-aged white men in 1961 are not smoking cigarettes. I do not see a single ashtray on this that's desk. Not one. Do we on think the back there. that that's one on Under that the credenza? 
This one right here? Yeah. Oh, right. okay. That very well could be. All right. All right. It looks like a little upside down Zorro hat. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's true. And I, no, that's an inbox. I was going to mm-hmm. say that's no. a cigarette box, but they're okay. You can't see everything on the other side of that desk. So there very well could be an mm. ashtray hidden under some papers. All I've done, it, it, it just stands out to me and I'm alarmed. Mm. It just seems unnatural for what we know about this time. We've been to this time before. And also no scotch. And no scotch either. Yeah. No, no oh, highball yeah. glasses I, I get, filled with I get, scotch. I guess so that is this also kind of like trying to come across the fact that the, the tax office is austere. Oh, it's all we business. Have, we over have no there. fun here. Uh, yeah. No vices to Absolutely. be found. We're yeah. We're squeaky clean. Counting people. our, our, our we pennies do not over smoke, here. We do not drink. Uh, that could that could very well be. These are certainly gray men in gray suits. Mm. They are all business, clearly. Uh, so basically, this takes uh, Adam Niles to instant poverty. He's got nothing. They have uh, started garnishing his royalties from his very successful series of books about how the Croatians live uh, and so on and so forth. And so his publisher, Austin, though, sees this as a real opportunity. And he's like, here's the deal. You are going to hide for right now. You're going to go undercover. You're going to change your name. You're going to go out to the suburbs because I've got this new book idea for you. And it's how the Americans live. And I know this is blowing your mind right now, but we want to know how the Americans live. So you're going to go do that because it turns out that Adam is a, he's rather continental, this fellow. He spent a lot of time abroad Mm -hmm. studying abroad. (laughs) Or two. (laughs) And uh, so he is totally, uh, the United States is totally alien to him at this point, it feels like. I don't know what would have happened here. I'm picturing maybe he was in the war, right? And he just never came back. Possibly. Basically, yeah, they said something like he'd been gone for like 14 years. Okay. So that. And that's why he has such a big tax bill because it's been like, they were like, uh, he left the country 14 years ago and never came back. And. You know, just assume this guy was doing your taxes and he wasn't. Right, right. And they can't find him. Also, the business manager is on the lam somewhere. He's he's gone. So until that guy is found, uh, he is broke. And so he is left with no other option but to move out to the suburbs and write this book on how the Americans live. Oh, his publisher also, for some reason, I don't know why now you draw this line, but also specifies you may not sleep with any of the subjects. There's no fucking <laughs> this excursion <laughs> into the suburbs. Please be aware. And he's like, oh, that's, that's my body. Well, I, you know, I mean, if this were in a research context, we do have protections in place for research subjects now. I don't think that was the case at this no. time. Mm. There was definitely some exploitation. Yes. You guys think it's poor I'm form thinking- to sleep with the, the um, object of your study? Uh, yes. It may bias. Some of your research, yes. <laughs> Is that where they're yes. calling it nowadays? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So he <laughs> also might be harmful psychologically. Oh, of course, of, of course. And well, it's Bob Hope. Of course, it's going to be harmful. Yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. Everything is toxic. Yes. The gag reflex gets a workout. <laughs> hideous. So we he moves out to California's beautiful San Fernando Valley. At Paradise Village, this subdivision of Tract Homes is called. Uh, Really loving the sign for Paradise Village. It says here, 
the ultimate in gracious living, the community that lives up to its name, ultra modern homes, two and three bedrooms, all gas kitchens. Pretty sweet living. This was the American dream at work here in 1961. So he goes and he goes to this office uh, at Paradise Village to find out about where he's going to be living. He runs into this lovely secretary uh, who also does not have an ashtray on her desk. Where are the ashtrays, you guys? What is happening here? Mm. There's always a secretarial ashtray. Always. It's a concern. It's a concern. Flat surfaces without ashtrays, I'm immediately suspicious of at this point. We've spent so many hours seeing them everywhere. To not see them is now glaring. Yes. It's interesting. And she also looks like she's 12. Yes, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's very nice. And she ushers him in to meet uh, R.E. Howard, who we're all to assume is a man, because obviously that person has their own office with their name on the door. So why would this not be exactly. a sterling? It must come with a penis. Doughy middle-aged white man with a penis, right? Uh, but he is shocked to learn that it is not a man with a penis, but rather Lana Turner, a.k.a. Rosemary Howard. And he, of course, throws that in her face of like, <laughs> you, 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 and she's like, yes, because she is all business. She is a professional. Yes. She's yet another professional lady who has to excuse the fact she's, that she's female in... And 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 not wed or with a man. Yeah. Where are yeah. your children? What's wrong with you? There's got to be something wrong with her, right? Turns out she's just a very successful businesswoman who has uh, interest in this developing community that she manages. And so, look, Bob Hope as Adam Niles, AJ Niles. I don't like the name Adam for him. I don't know. Doesn't seem like an Adam to me. Anyway, uh, he is wildly unappealing in every interaction he has in this like first twenty minutes. It's brutal. Every every woman he meets, he's just a pig too. He's he's throwing out these one liners that are amusing only to him. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the audience. Certainly not to the other people he's interacting with. He's surprised that she's in charge. What a pleasant surprise. She gives him an incredible month to month lease. I mean, this is that's the dream right there. If you're gonna be renting a house, go month to month. He seems not grateful at all. Uh, and she ends up driving him over there. So we get to see the neighborhood a little bit. This mm-hmm. is very, this is vintage uh, Americana right here. This is this is very newly built America, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. This is, this was it. <laughs> yeah, this I mean, is... it's, it's the classic California ranch, which I personally love. Um, yeah. Because they are spacious and one floor living. But yeah, I mean, this is this is basically what the entire San Fernando Valley looks like. You've got these hills back here. I think they're shooting a scene from Mash on the other side of these hills, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <They are. laughs> uh, but yeah, we get the whole the whole layout. We get the the flower bed, the you know the the lawns. We get the kid on the bike. We you know it's uh. Is this not also like a bit Stepford Wives? Certainly, uh, yes, and I think. You know, we I mean, see that this is in California. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are, you're all robots out there. Um, but I think also this is a big influential time for like your Tim Burton's and like uh, Edward Scissorhands. They live oh, in a course, you know yes. a place like this. Yes. Same color houses and everything. Like mm-hmm. you would think that that's just like being stylistic, but this is what the, uh, you know. He is moving into a house that is called California Coral. Is the is the color? It is, and right. it certainly is rather coral. 
And we got to remember, 1961, it's still technically, uh, you know, aesthetic-wise, we're still in the 50s. You know, this, uh, the, the change to what we think of as the 60s is not going to happen for another two or three years yet. So this is just 50s extent, you know, bonus time in, yeah. uh, in the 1950s. So this is all in keeping uh, with what we know about this era, of course. So anyway, Rosemary drives him out to this California coral pink house and starts showing him around. We get a look at here's your uh, early Disneyland living room. That's where he makes the comment of what is this early Disneyland? Yeah. Now, so Carol, do you have seeing this now? Seeing his the big white couch with the throw pillows mm-hmm. and the odd paneling, mm-hmm. and you know this is very sixty one. Well, so the paneling back there with the white squares uh, looks like that those might be like llamas potentially yeah from, yeah a little alpaca, it's a small al- world alpaca and i want to say there's yeah exactly alpaca artwork and there's like another piece or two that she's got in this place and i end up just being like uh no i definitely am getting it's a small world vibes okay okay well, if, well as we move further to the right this area is a disaster over here i have a shot of this later we'll get to but <laughs> it's just a nightmare but he, she guides him through this, you know, lovely for the time home. Mm-hmm. It's very new and comfortable, fully furnished. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yep. Because the entire time he's, he's throwing out all these clunky one-liners that just tear the place down. And this is very unappealing, I think. Mm. So we get classics like uh, she shows him the sliding door out to the patio and is like, well, see with this, you can invite the outside in. He responds with bugs and all, huh? Yeah. Thanks. Oh it's just shit yeah. on everything. Thanks. Yeah. Good one, dude. He's like that one friend that we all have that just has to complain about everything. Mm. Yeah. She takes him into the bedroom where they have uh, the, the closet doors are each painted a different shade of blue and white. And uh, he comments, uh, painter couldn't make up his mind, huh? <laughs> Boom. Good one. Fun Good. day. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then he and walks behind. Just imagine behind. that Lana Turner must have been rolling her eyes this oh, yeah. entire filmmaking process. Oh, well, she's got to kiss that the mouth those bad jokes are coming out of. Yeah. Poor woman. Gross. Hazard pay. He walks behind the bed and he's like, what's this? A runway for the mice? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just stop talking. Just stop it. <laughs> fuck off. So You're uh, so angry at him. Well, it just, uh, these things, I got to tell you. So this is overall with this film, this first half hour is rough. Because I'm just like, this guy is <laughs> yes. so, so unappealing on so many levels. Mm. And he's meeting so we many have- people. I like the rest of the people in this film. I like being out in the suburbs. This is all like comfort food, seeing this, seeing the cars and the yards and all this shit. The boat cars. Massive. Yes. Yeah. But, but Land we yachts. see the, the fins have gone down, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not dealing with uh, mid fifties fair lanes. Like we're kind of toning down the exaggerated lines. Yeah. They're, they're still unable to corner. In oh no. You it corners like a river barge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, it's massive. <laughs> It look, it's You're the, preparing for the corner like three blocks away. You gotta, yeah. Hold on. You got to start. Hold no, on. Yeah. Probably no power steering at this time either. So you I mean, the streets are so bed. wide. So, I mean, uh. they literally have to go whoa over yeah. the other side of the road. And then, yeah. This, it's the size of a swimming pool, this car. 
All right, all right, all right. Here we go. New energy coming in. Different microphone, different space all together. That's right. It's commercial time. I got to tell you about the T Public store. I got to tell you about the merch. You're loving the program. You love Old Movie Time Machine. You love Catherine. You love Carolyn. You are skeptical about me at best, but that's fine. Uh, the, the gals, you're really into them, of course, and you want to support them and independent podcasting in general as a concept by buying a fucking t-shirt or a tote bag or something, anything. Today we're gonna be highlighting, this is a new design that was uh, spun out of last week's episode, of course, the infamous That Funny Feeling episode. The ever looming threat that emerged was that, guys, at some point we're gonna be watching 1965's That Darn Cat. So we want to share with you this design. It just says, screw it, we're watching That Darn Cat. It's really a, it's a, it's a, it's a promise made, and it's a promise we will keep, implying that it's also kind of a threat for Catherine in particular. She did not seem happy about it, but I'm going to make her watch That Darn Cat, and you can too. But when you do, you want to be ready for it. All we know is that you need to have a screw it, we're watching That Darn Cat pencil holder. Pretty sure that's what it is. And if you get one of these today, we will thank you right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. Uh, it turns out that there's uh, Adam cannot feed himself. He's incapable of doing so. So we end up at Benny's Drive-In, which has a beautiful neon sign. Big fan we of. never close. It has the bold statement, we never close. I don't care if a stampede of rhinoceri come through here, shitting and pissing all over the place. We are not closing this kitchen. Mm-hmm. Benny's Drive-In is always open. Always. We never close. And guys, I'm thinking like this should be one of our catchphrases too. I think this is not currently in use. I think we should take it. Listen, old movie time machine, we never close. Always open for business. Always. Somebody's on call. That's their, why there are five of us. So somebody can always be manning the phone. So when you try to call, a human being will answer the phone. 24-7 hour customer live support. Old movie time machine. Promises we don't intend to keep. Uh, hey, come on. I'm not making a promises list today. We're not going to do it. We're going to stay on track. Benny's driving. We never close. Uh, Adam goes there in a cab because he doesn't have a car yet. And he eats his takeaway food in the backseat like a sad man. Which, of course, he is. A sad single man. Yes. Uh, and proud of it. So the next morning, we get he gets his first experience of suburban morning living. We get glimpses of this supermarket. I gotta, yeah, this was unbelievable. All right, Catherine. Now you know you're with your bizarre foreign eyes. What do you see in this American mid-century supermarket? Well, th- okay. Th- there's just so much of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these end caps. I mean, that's just unbelievable. This Absolute is no fewer than walls. 700 cans of peaches stacked up at the yeah. end of this. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Don't it's know. just <laughs> Well, it's California. So this is these are probably local sure. produce, right? Yeah, I should also I've everything's never... canned because yeah. for like it's going to last forever and or through a nuclear yeah, the, I was going to say that, that, that's, a, that's a real <laughs> uh, fear yeah. at yeah. this time. Yes. yes, yes. The Cold this War. Yeah. Serious duck and cover times. Yep. Um, this is a Hughes grocery store. I don't know if they're still in business. Didn't do any research on them, but I uh, would love to check that out a little more deeply. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this is that grocery stores pretty much look the same. This is does not dissimilar from a Kroger that you would see in the Midwest right now. 
mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I it's very similar. I uh, was intrigued that they called the shopping cart a buggy. Oh, they did call it a buggy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You better get a well, buggy. get your shopping buggy. Oh, because he's with the neighbor girl, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't she go with him? Yeah. Mm. Uh, because how does that come together? Mm, I don't really know. Matter, he's but. walking in. She's sitting in the car. She's been told to stay in the car. Uh, she decides to educate. Show him how it's clearly okay. uh, incapable man baby. And he is lost without a yeah. map. He 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 knows yeah. nothing. He is lost without a woman. He is. He certainly is. <laughs> so we've got some bread on the end here. Some Langendorf sliced white bread. Delicious. Just mm. like this movie. Sounds sliced white happy. bread. <laughs> yeah. For your plasticky white bread, mid-century white bread. Choose Langendorfs. Um, we've some got a grills? whole, a whole aisle dedicated to punch and vegetable juices. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. The punch did you check the punch aisle for your uh mayonnaise and dressing dressing, Yes. And then we've got pickles pickles and olives. Yes. And then cheese delicatessen. Yeah, okay. Okay. Nothing nothing very has changed. Um this is the era of potato salad. Um of everything (laughs) being covered (laughs) in mayonnaise. I'm still doing it. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you when I make deviled eggs or potato salad or any of those, fit, it, everyone's like this. Oh, it's so good. The, when you're making mid-century dishes, people yes. are like, why do we it's, not still do this? It tastes like food. butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highly um, processed comfort food. <laughs> just just got a text from uh, Brindis, by the way, regarding the mayonnaise issue. It's a no from her is what she's saying. Right. Do not put mayonnaise on her but Icelanders, sauce, everything. Yeah, they do sauce everything. But oh. for the mayo and the mustard, she's drawing a line there. Uh, she's made it very clear. Right, so just, sure. okay. I don't know if she would make it back in these times. Well, actually, I know she definitely wouldn't make it mm. back in these times. Mm-mm. She mm. would be in jail. She would kill somebody. Oh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> we're walking around. Guess who else is at the supermarket, you guys? Another bachelor, dot, 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 et named Rosemary Howard. We didn't really mention this when we introduced her, but Rosemary is also a single woman. We talked about that a little bit, but she embraces her bachelorette hood mm-hmm. and she's fine with it. Mm-hmm. And so she's out living her best life. And so they end up colliding. Well, not literally colliding, but they run into each other. And okay. Yeah. So my notes say they shop and make a mess. That's right. He's knocking into things. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Obviously the comedy that had to happen was knocking down a stack of cans. He's absolutely inept. He has no sense of balance or spatial awareness or whatever. So he's just crashing this cart into all kinds of things. Actually, I think, I think he, the, the comedy was the child took a can from the middle. Yes. And he was like, no, 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 don't do that. And nothing happened. Right. And then he very carefully took one from the top that yes. touched nothing else. And then the whole thing collapsed. It, which is kind of funny. It is. I mean. No. It, a- it, it is. Okay. Let me. <laughs> it's let nice me, to see him fail. Let me underline your ineptitude. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so Rosemary spots him though. And she starts following him around the store. And he's oblivious until... She speaks into this meat microphone team. Listen, I I mean, why does this not exist anymore? This stopped me in my tracks. I had to rewind the film (laughs) to be like, what am I looking at here? Did this actually happen? Because my notes say, uh, uh, I'm getting a little bored is my note here until she speaks into this meat microphone 
What? Obviously, it's so, not a microphone made of me. No, yeah, yeah. It is a microphone to request said meat. It's emerging from the, the cooler filled with meat, and it is strictly for meat-only business. <laughs> it's, a, it's a meat microphone, and it... It does look like one of these like full on old timey like Elvis could be caught singing into this thing. It's got like a bendy arm. It's got a joint in it. I Definitely mean, bendy. You, I mean, so you could be really short and still make Absolutely. your meat request. Yeah. So she's requesting meats from I I Mission Control somewhere maybe, mm. and they're like, no, ma'am, we don't have those meats. Me- meat Central. Central. Meats and okay, yeah. yeah. And he hears her talking into the meat microphone. I mean, who could miss it? It's it's amplifying everything regarding meat. Uh, and he's like, hey, you. And he apologizes. To his credit, he apologizes for shitting on her house that she so generously gave him a month-to-month uh, lease on. And But he really only apologizes because it's hers, not because he actually didn't mean it. I think he still means what he was saying. But because he's trying to get with her, mm. he's like, I'm so sorry I was a dick to you. If it was somebody else, I would still be a dick. But because it's you, I apologize. And because I want something from you. Yes. Yes. And later on, Adam runs in his, his cart into a completely filled wicker basket of filled with eggs. Ah, yes. Now, Wasn't he looking for the eggs? He was looking for the eggs, so the irony, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I concur. And But here's the deal. I'm not going to blame him for this because I feel like this was a stupid display. I feel like what was yeah. the point of taking all these eggs out, out of the carton, putting them into a basket and putting said basket into the middle of an aisle? That thing's going to get – I worked at a grocery store. Yeah. It's going to get run into every day. Yeah, and, and who takes one egg? And, Just, would, and would you put it in? The reason they cart. come in cartons Obviously. is because they are fragile. Yeah, they need right, protected. Right. No, no, we're going to need to be individually protected in their own little cups in the carton. Yeah. Yes. And but somebody had the bright idea of like let's remove the safety protocols, let's put them in this very easy to run into place. This is how we're going to make a bunch of grocery money. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a flaw with the processes. I'm not sure that any, anyone's uh, ever done that. They want to revise that. Uh, it's a Unless huge waste. Unless it was ostrich eggs. I don't know. They're going <laughs> to, and even then, I mean, put it in a box, you know, yeah. put it, make it, make a big production out of it. Mm. It's, it will be run into multiple times a day. I'm going to go out and say that. I talked about the pivot earlier in, in the episode of, of where things change, right? Because at this point, it's just a nightmare of uh, toxic mid-century masculinity, right? This is just all we're seeing, the tradition. But it turns out, here's the twist. He is coaching the neighborhood women on how to uh, bring the spark back into their marriages. Catherine, you have thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, so he's basically telling them how to be the the lady that's – Here's what your man wants. Exactly. Always. When he comes home, he's going to want dinner on the table. You are going to be in a pretty dress. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a cocktail ready for him. Mm -hmm. And you are going to be ready and willing and able. Yeah. Yeah. At all times. At his disposal. Now, the message is dated, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. This is not what we expect from women or anybody, really. Like, if you are in this position right now and you feel compelled to do this for your partner, knock it off. Nobody's worth it. Like, take care of yourself. Be nice to each other. Simple. Simple formula. 
What I like about this, though, is the fact that he is trying to help them rather than tear them down. I think, I mean, they're eager. Look at how happy these women are. They're so happy to yeah, have I, any I, anybody listening to them, even though he's doing most of the talking. But they they want this. Like, they want advice. Like, how do I get my husband interested in me again? Okay. Yeah, okay. Because to be fair, yeah, he has – no, they don't know that, do they? Yeah, he he's bringing all of his um, worldly, uh, sexy mm-hmm. European um, know-how. Yes, to uh, uncultured. Yes, um, rather um, red-blooded <sighs> Middle America. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's who, the, who don't who have. That I feel like you puritanical. Know, that, that's the word I'm yes, looking for. Yeah, and yes. they they've never had anybody have. Any huge expectations of them? Yes. Do you know what I mean? So the 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 boundaries of their world is are, are extremely small. Indeed, and the, and we have to look at you know a macro view of United States culture. Let's everybody remember, you know, like when I say puritanical, that's quite literal. Like they were called Puritans. Mm-hmm. The United States, or what would become the U.S., is the place where. All of these uh, offshoot religious sects who could not find purchase in Europe or elsewhere in the world, this is where they came to. And they were just like, well, there's enough space for all of us to be as crazy as we want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, USA number one. And this is what happens. And this is this is why it's tough to see uh, a breast in the United States, you know, because of these sort of uh, buttoned down, very extreme, uh, religiously rooted values that are currently... Uh, in the process of uh, re- repealing lots of uh, bodily rights currently. You know, we're still seeing it today. Yes. And so that's why this is such a, a struggle and why his European worldview would be kind of a mind blower to these yeah. ladies, I guess. Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, sexual independence for the ladies, demanding something for themselves. They want some attention, yeah, some kind exactly. of like, engage. hey, honey, will you engage with me? Mm-hmm. Ask me about my day or whatever. So he, yes, he guides them through. Now, I, of course, I'm i in total agreement with you about the, the message of like serving the man or whatever and, yeah. you know, ridiculous. But like these, these women are in search of fucking contact, you know? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it, and if you, you're like, to your point, if you're thinking about this, they are not working outside of the home Mm-mm. they are doing the child rearing i'm raising yes. your so, kids absolutely yeah right i mean trapped in this right i mean they might be like oh my god i want to talk to someone who's an adult mm-hmm. today so that's why of course their friendships in the neighborhood are important their mm-hmm. community of women is probably uh enriching and important to them but mm-hmm. i mean these are i think nowadays if you just take out the gender part of it, you know, adults in committed relationships with children are still having the same struggles of like, well, you're really just looking for connection. It's not about serving someone else, but like, yeah, yeah. how can we feel connected? Mm. Yes. That's the, de- the deeper thing. And that's still, that's still a challenge that people face today. It's yeah. just that the, this era's take on it is, you know, serve your husband because mm. he's been at work all day. Absolutely. And this is also then showcasing how we've undervalued basically um, uh, care workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because 
women do the care work. So we've undervalued it because we haven't, there's no salary, no money attached to it. Right. Right. Uh, I also just wanted to point out, I mean, everybody's dressed to the nines here. Yep. All, all of them look incredible. And can I also point out nobody's smoking? Where are the cigarettes in 1961? Yeah. I don't know. What now look, happened? we do have a big ashtray right in the middle here. Is it? Or was that for <sighs> chips? Could, uh, be for chips. Could, could be for chips. Okay. 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 But this, I mean, at this point watching this, I'm again, I'm, more even more deeply alarmed because I'm used to so many plumes of smoke, right? So I looked this up because I thought, is this when the Surgeon General finally came out with a report that said, like, yeah, smoking cancer? I mean, it's one and the same. It's all mm. all one big beautiful wheel. Um, and it turns out that's not the. This is not the case. So the Surgeon General had been talking about the association with cancer and cigarettes. Started in 1957, they started kind of like mentioning it. The, mm. the actual, the big report doesn't come out till 64. Mm. And I think that's kind of where Mad Men picks up, isn't it? Like, isn't it right after that, that uh, the uh, the Lucky Strike deal, they have to work extra hard or something like that? I can't remember. It's been, yeah, a, it's been a minute, be. but yeah. yeah, it's around the same time. I mean, and that's really, we start to see that's when you get the warning on the, the packaging. Well, maybe not right away, but this is what leads to that. And then the eventual... Uh, you know, it's bad for you. Uh, uh, it's just science. It's just bad for you. Um, but anyway, happy slash sad to see them not smoking. I don't know. It's, it's a very confusing set of feelings I have regarding this. So we go back to DC. It turns out that they found his business manager. His money has been found. He is no longer uh, destitute, living on the lam, seducing women in the suburbs. He does a little press conference. We get to see some old-timey mid-century television technology. I mean, this is a this is an enormous television camera. Yeah, it's it's like a, a like a riding lawnmower. It's, that's <laughs> how big it is. You could ride that camera, but please don't. So then we get you know his press conference airs around the country, including the suburbs, Mrs. Brown sees it. This is where we get peak early grandma uh, uh, furnishings here. And again, this is just what uh, Gangi's house looked like. You know what I mean? Like this is, they just kept the same stuff for decades. And it, that, that became what your grandma did, you know, mm-hmm. just grandma associations. Uh, so of course there's outrage. Meanwhile, he's been gone for so long Gathering this money, I mean, it feels like a matter of days, but Rosemary's like, well, I guess he's not coming back, so I'm moving back into my house. Yeah, And so he returns home. It is her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he returns to, to their shared home <laughs> to find her asleep in bed. Uh, I did want to point out, oh, mm-hmm. you guys, mm-hmm. bedside mm-hmm. ashtray. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pack of cigarettes right here. I think. Yes, it is. Remember, she goes to get one and there's nothing in there. No. Is that right? Yes. How did I miss yes. this? Is right. Oh yes. my goodness! In her frustration, so, <laughs> that is frustrating. I understand that. Uh, but at this point, they've gone the whole movie without smoking. She must be jonesing pretty hard. So uh, anyway, he sees her in bed as an invitation, basically, and kind of goes for it. Like, kind of starts to make the moves of like, this is fate. We got to do this. You're in the bed. I'm in the bed. Why wouldn't we be in the bed together? But she isn't into it. So he goes to sleep on the couch. 
as uh, men in this neighborhood do. It's the joke. Um, and she is feeling rather used and uh, proceeds to kind of speak her mind about that, as she should. She's strong. But suddenly they are bombarded by the women of the neighborhood who see that he has returned and are like, look, you got me into this mess with my husband who now hates me and could quite possibly murder me whenever. And probably the law would allow for that at this point because it is 1961. Uh Please help me is what they're all saying. So as they show up, he's uh, very comically hiding them in different rooms of the house so they don't run into each other. But he really wants nothing to do with any of this, but he is also responsible. So uh, as he is hiding the women of the neighborhood, meanwhile, uh, we kind of like leave the scene of the women hiding as the mob of men in their uh, grown up pajama outfits and robes stalk the streets and approach the house and then we just kind of drift off to the 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 court scene the inevitable court scene which most films of this era seem to end on yeah i was the very trial. confused by that i'm like oh okay another court, trial a court scene yeah i did not I expect this to happen <laughs> there's there's like an obsession with our justice system oh americans love justice they love it there's a, a lust for justice and then we see some great headlines, of course. Love Nest Lothario lays eggs. Controversial author is branded philanderer by three husbands. He's not sleeping with any of these women. We should underline. Mm. This is just uh, pure mm, interpretation on the insecure husband's part. Anyway, so we cut to court where we see, was your mind as blown as mine? Uh, a lady judge. She is a judge in the court system, and she is also a woman. Cannot believe it. Usually this part would be played by a fusty old white man with a mustache, but we get a fusty old white lady with red hair. Uh, so Adam tells the court that he's basically only in love with Rosemary and he would like to be married to her, but she's not into it, but he would still like to. And that's where he stands on everything. So Rosemary then gets called up to the stand and she uses this opportunity in a court of law to accept his proposal mm. and the crowd goes wild. And then it ends with them consummating their relationship. Nice. You know, yeah. and thus Happy ends endings all around. Yeah. Thus ends bachelor in paradise, mm. a bizarre little movie, mm. bizarre little glimpse so in the 61. Bizarre. Now that we've walked through this, do you guys have any further thoughts on this before we get into the artifacts and the, uh, the, I am a big fan of the judge from that scene. What do you like about the judge? The fire. <laughs> She's actually the funniest part of the movie. She's got some lines. Like that, that, mm. that became entertaining in the way that the rest of this movie was not entertaining. Mm, yes. Yes. Agreed. Listen, we're at the end of the show. I have to ask you guys the ultimate question. Mm. Catherine Sherlock. Yes. Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. 1961. Mm. Bob Hope. Lana Turner. Paul Apprentice. We keep watching this? <sighs> no. We don't keep watching this. No. Okay. Can you tell us why? Just not. Yeah, it's not it's not terribly entertaining. Mm. The none of the jokes are landing. Mm -hmm. It's just yet more. Uh, all the jokes at the expense of the, the ladies. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, no. Okay. Okay. Carolyn Elrose, mm, Bachelor in Paradise. We keep watching this? No. We don't. I 
just don't see the value. It's not, there's no charm. I agree. Like it's not even good screenwriting. It's not even good filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing about this that I, I mean, I think there are going to be other examples of this time period where we can ooh and ah over how many cans are at an end display at a grocery store that, um, mm -hmm. we don't have to keep this one. Okay. It doesn't, I wasn't invested in a single one of these characters. Yeah. I'm very on the fence with this. It's a terrible movie, right? This mm -hmm. is not, again, but this is not a movie podcast. It's, it's not a good movie. All these things start and they kind of just trail off. Like there's not a lot of resolution with anything. Yeah. You know, Linda and Larry, what's up with their dynamic? How does that end? How does that come together? Mrs. Brown, like, do we, you know, move her to face a different direction or something like that? Uh, what happens with Dolores and Tom and all this? Like, it's I just don't care. Though. It, it, we don't care. That's the thing. But Carolyn, you brought it up. I keep thinking about all those canned peaches on that end cap, and <laughs> I, I think about that grocery store, and I think about the pig pit patio, and I think mm. about all these delightful locales that we're getting excellent file footage of yeah. in beautiful widescreen and color. This picture needs to be cleaned up and restored. I guess I'm sorry. Don't spend too much money on it, but just make it look. Run it through the program that you guys have. I know you have one. It should be free. Maybe I'll do it. There's probably freeware out there. I can do it. But I would like to see a better print of this. I like it for the ephemera. I hate it for the movie. It's a no for me as well. But it's it's a borderline because I like seeing the things that they show us of suburbia at this time. Right. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Then let, but, but then let's just walk through the Henry Ford Museum and through a 1960s yeah, kitchen. Yeah. Let's go to Disneyland. And grocery you know what store. I mean? like, let's go to Disneyland. Right. That stuff is still there. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So I can browse my Google image search results for 1960s grocery store and get as much out of it as this movie offers, I guess. <laughs> but so I will, uh, you know, as a, if you want to see what a, a slice of suburban life was like, Maybe you kind of scroll through this one, but beyond that, I mean, yeah, it's a no for me, mm -hmm. dog. So should we talk about next week real quick before yes. we wrap it up? Yes. We've It's been a big night of talking a lot about Bob Hope. What are we getting next week? Do tell. So next week, so, since we're still doing a kind of uh, an overview of society, right? Like we've been to the big city. We've now been out to the suburbs. Uh, we've seen the uh, idyllic world of mid-century United States of America and their families, but let's let's get to the seedy underbelly, shall we? Let's go to 1954's Dragnet. Carolyn, this is really, you got to be here for this. You're our, our resident criminologist, the only one. I, we, we're going to need your hot, hot takes, hot snakes all about crime and punishment <laughs> in 1954 United States of America. Here's the blurb on it. Two homicide detectives investigate the brutal shotgun murder of a crime syndicate member directed by Jack Webb, starring Jack Webb. So, you know, it's going to be good. Dragnet. Yeah. Next week. Catch it. Lawn disorder to be determined. Hey, group. Thanks so much for showing up today. Catherine Sherlock, thank you so much for being a part of the program. Well, thanks for having me. You're the best Catherine in the biz. Bar none. Carolyn Alrose, thank you so much for one, watching this dumb movie, and two, being a great sister. Just want to throw that out there. You know, maybe we maybe I don't say it enough on this program, 
but I'm going to say it right now. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I got a lot of applause today, so I'm you really, really did. good about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You really <laughs> boosted my confidence. Speaking of, I guess we should throw a courtesy shout out to Shrishma. Thanks for dropping in for uh, for a tight five on uh, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> really appreciate that. And thanks as ever to uh, Brindis for taking care of our labor disputes down at the site. Really mm. appreciate that. <laughs> so until next time, uh, outro, catchphrase, whatever we are, keep on watching these old movies and listening to our show. We'll figure it out later. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. See you next week. And so concludes yet another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. We thank you so much for listening, of course. And if you like what you heard, great news, you guys. There is a ton more. There's like twice as much as you just heard right here. Over on the Patreon, we call it the Boom Room. The link is in the show notes. You can sign up and for two Yankee dollars a month, you can get twice the content that you are getting here on the free feed. Folks, this is really uh, the juicy stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's the real the real nitty gritty. Like we get down into it. You thought we were tangenting on, on this episode? No, no, no. The long cut is where we are tangenting uh, as nobody has ever tangented before. So you definitely want to be a part of that. Again, the link is in the show notes. Check us out. Patreon, The Boom Room, Old Movie Time Machine. See you there. We treat our our patrons really well. Just want to say that. Uh, Also, if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you think about the show or Bachelor in Paradise or whatever the fuck, uh, it's partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. Reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We might even write you back, you lucky devil. Now, next week, we are watching, of course, Dragnet. The people's favorite, of course. Now, don't be confused. This is not the television show. This is the movie that the television show was spun off of. So this is 1954, Jack Webb's Dragnet, available for streaming on the Roku channel, uh, available for rent and for purchase on Apple TV, Amazon, Vudu, Microsoft, Redbox, Greenbox, Bluebox, and DirecTV. Orangebox. Okay, so that's it. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Until uh, next week, next Wednesday, this has been Old Movie Time Machine.